This is the SETN Podcast with Chris Goforth and Chandler Morrison, covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast Tennessee area. The SETN Podcast. We are ready to take a look back at the weekend that was, the Friday night that was in high school football. Chris Goforth alongside Chandler Morrison, thanks for hanging out with us. This is the SETN Preps Podcast where we talk high school football in Southeast Tennessee. And Chandler, we had a week last week. Friday night lived up to the billing. We talked last uh, about a week ago about what good matchups we were going to have. And a lot of times you, you tend to have those matchups. You look at them on paper and you think, wow, this will be great. And then you have a bunch of games that are duds. But we had a lot of good football games Friday night. Yeah, we had a lot that, that just were great football games, close football games, went down to the wire. I mean, three of the five we're going to talk about were within a, a, a touchdown of each other. So, I mean, you don't get that a whole lot sometimes because, you know, the big dogs come in there, the underdogs come in, and it goes as you expected. But we had a lot of good matchups and a lot of close games this week, Chris. We do have five games we'll talk about. We'll give you our top five uh, among the small schools and the large schools, and we'll get to our highlight, low light, and fail, kind of our best and worst of uh, Friday night's prep football action in southeast Tennessee. want to remind you where you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Preps. You can also find us on iTunes, so you can download us, have us on your phone, listen while you drive, while you work out, while you walk the dog, mow the yard, whatever you got going on, maybe row the boat with the rain we're having, but... Whatever you have to do, uh, you can uh, you can find us there. It is the SETN podcast. You can find it on iTunes. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review while you're there. Chandler, let's hop right into it. A big week last week, a lot of big games. Let's start up in Polk County where uh, Whitwell knocked off Polk County last week, 49-25. Better game than what this score indicates. Polk County, not the most talented team, but I tell you what, they are a team that will definitely fight you until the bitter end. Yeah, well, we did exactly what we thought they would do with this one. I mean, they finally faced an offense that gave their defense a challenge. I mean, that's the most points scored on Whitwell this season. The last two seasons, that's the only, that's only one of three teams to score 25 points or more on the Tigers. I mean, you know, this was a challenge for them, and still they took it in stride and went on and ended up uh, just kind of, you know, pulling away, uh, I can't think of a better time for a bye week for the next week, Chris. I, I mean, you look at Polk County, Polk County was a challenge uh, offensively, but you've got two more games coming up that are going to be a real, real big challenge. I can't think of a better week for a bye week. Yeah, I can't think of any tougher stretch in Tennessee high school football, especially among the small schools, than to go at Trousdale County and then South Pittsburgh in back-to-back weeks, and that's what Whitwell's going to have to face, and that's that is, I mean, that is truly a murderer's row. We talked last week about the size and the speed advantage that Whitwell has. Now, Polk County's not very big, but I thought they played well at times against Whitwell's offensive line. The difference, though, was the speed. Josh Wingo, Hudson Petty, Tanner Stewart, it was really just too much for them. I do believe, especially after seeing them in person now, I think Polk finishes second behind Tyner in that um, uh, in that region. Kyle Dunn, Hunter Morgan, they got a pretty good one-two punch back there in the backfield. They just don't have that breakaway speed that I think you need uh, to be able to compete with a Tyner right now. 
but I definitely think they're the second best team in that region. Yeah, they're they're definitely a team that, you know, maybe on paper they don't look great, but they have something about them, and it's just it's just one of those things that a Polk County team like that just to be able to run the ball. So uh, I'm I'm very surprised at what they did against Whitwell. I, I thought this one could have been a blowout, although you know, but it it they held with Whitwell for the most part in that one. Yeah, the game was a little closer now than what the even though it was never really in doubt. And the yeah. score ends up forty nine to twenty five. The game was always you just you know Whitwell had them on the ropes and just couldn't quite land that knockout punch that they needed at times to just be able to blow the game wide open like they have in previous weeks. So a good challenge for them and a fun game to watch. Tyner beat East Hamilton six to three. Chandler, if you would have told me there would be nine points scored in this game, I would not have believed you. When's the last time we saw this low scoring of a game in dry weather, Chris? I mean, we don't get to do it often, and when we do, we, we try to. But the kicker's filling up the stat sheet on Friday night. Give some, give some praise to those kickers, Chris. I mean, Hey, we've already golly. done that. We gave, we gave praise to kickers a couple of weeks ago. I'm, I'm done with kickers. I'm done. Any other kicker is going to have to wait till next year to get any hype from me. But both of these teams had two turnovers. Tyner's defense, though, impressive. They hold East Hamilton to less than 100 yards of total offense. And, Chandler, I have said it time and time again on this podcast when we talk about Tyner, the one thing that Wayne Turner does, I think it's a hallmark of a Wayne Turner coach team is he uses a lot of ball carriers. They, they've they always got the next guy coming in to run hard, and it's a fresh set of legs. And he has got eight – he used eight running backs against East Hamilton. This is just textbook. This is the way Tyner beats people. They use a whole bunch of running backs so they stay fresh. They play really good hard-nosed defense. That's what they did. I give East Hamilton some credit, though because their defense played really well, too. When you can keep Tyner out of the end zone, as good as these guys have been, you've done something. Yeah, and I just think it's, you know, I think that's one of the reasons they won was because they had, you know, kind of that depth at running back to be able to to, to pull guys in. For a 2A program, that's big. You know, 1A, 2A program, sometimes the depth is just not there, you know. And the really good schools you've seen around here, they have the depth. Tyner, it looks like they have the depth. When Marion County was winning, you know, was going to the state championship games, they had depth, you know, and they, of course, had some really great players, but they also had depth they could rotate in. So I think that's really going to be key to how Tyner wins this year, not just the running backs, but just being able to have the depth on offense to, to keep everybody fresh. I think that's why they won this one. I mean, East Hamilton, it's a 4A team that's very underrated. You know, this, you know, you look at the score and you think, well, East Ham, you look at the, but I mean, it's a very underrated schedule. I mean, they, you know, that's just how it is. But uh, they play pretty close with, with, with Chattanooga Central, so they're at that kind of tier. But, um, you know, this is the kind of type game you want out of Tyner, a hard-fought game. And, you know, it's not the first time we've seen them do that this season. But they keep getting challenged. They keep finding a way to win, Chris. Yeah, and in all seriousness, I mean, I joke about the kickers. But if you're, uh, <laughs> if you're Wayne Turner, now you've got a guy with a leg that you know has been in a situation like this and kicked the field goal for you. And, and gave you points in situations like this when you needed it. And I just think going down the road as they head towards the playoffs and into the month of November, having that confidence in your kicker is, I mean, it's huge. 
Yeah, it is, Chris. You know, you look at the stat line, you know, there's they weren't, you know, just go ahead. They weren't like at the two-yard line field goals. We're talking about a 36-yarder and 28-yarder from Qualia there. I mean, that's, that's great to have that kind of range, and I would say he has a little bit more range that they're confident putting in there too. Let's move on. Let's talk about the game that I think may be the game of the year up to this point in the season. Boudouin, a 30-27 to win over Saudi Daisy. Saudi had the lead in the second half, and Udawa had to put a late drive together to get the lead. They hang on for the win. And, look, we've bragged about Udawa's offense all season. Uh, I, I'm going to give some props to Saudi Daisy. They outgained Udawa 386 to 355 in total offense. Um, I, I don't know that we've really given it. I know you had them in your top five, and, and they've been on the borderline for me in the in the top five rankings that we do. But uh, I get got to give props to Saudi. I, I think maybe we have uh, shortchanged them a little bit because I do think Udawa is really really good. Yeah, this Udawa team is just so talented. I mean, they're just one of these teams that you just look at them when they're warming up the field, and you're going, "We got to play them." Well, they pass the eye test, don't they? Yeah, they do. They do. I mean, but you know. But the way Saudi Davy has come out the last two weeks, they are on a roll, Chris. And this is the time you want to get hot if you're Saudi Daisy, right there midway through the season and keep it rolling. We talk about mid-season form at the beginning of the season. They're in mid-season form, mid-season form. That's exactly what you want, Chris. You know, that, that, that offensive line, they've been able to get some pushes and they've been able to protect the quarterback and give props to them. I mean, they, they have just come out the last two weeks and not cared who's lined up against them. You know, they came three – Three points short of winning this one, Chris. And we, you know, we have five more minutes on that clock. Ain't no telling what happens in this one. Well, in the end, Sanford and Quinn, those two guys from Udawa, they're pretty good, and that was the difference in this game. That's what makes Udawa so good is they've got two guys like that that can just completely change the complexion of the game. Yeah, and we we talked last week. I think I thought the or when we talked in our last podcast, I knew that the difference in this one would be who can have the big play, and Udawa always seems to be able to pull off the big play, even when you least expect it, and I thought that was going to be the difference in this one. It seems that it was, Chris. Bradley Central and Ray, they had a little shootout, a 42-35 Bradley Central win. The Bears had to score 22 in the fourth quarter uh, to come back in this one to be able to get the win. Both quarterbacks, Zach Pemberton from Ray County, Bradley County's uh, Dylan Standifer, Two pretty good quarterbacks, and they matched up pretty well against each other in this one. Another one, Chandler, that uh, I, I don't know that this one ranks up there with uh, Udawa and Saudi for me, but this was a really good game on Friday night as well. Anytime you're down by 14 points or more and you come back into that game and, and exceed that game regardless of the final score, that's a great game to watch. This was, you know, it's just fantastic to see Bradley Central to come down after being down 21 7 early. Uh, but, you know, Ray County, I think, though, showed that they could compete, you know, now because I think they gave away the Mint County loss, and that was one that they maybe didn't show up to. Maybe they didn't. But now they, they kind of showed up and said, all right, you know, it's not just, you know, that was kind of a fluke. We can compete with the 6A guys. We can compete with them. But Bradley Central just keeps rolling out of that Cleveland uh, out, of, out of that Cleveland game, and they might be able to give Udawa a run for their money. At, you know, if they, can, if they go and play them in the playoffs, and we, I think they will. I think they can match up if the cards fall right. If they play Udawa in the playoffs, I wouldn't be so sure that Udawa could take that. Baylor, Chattanooga Christian, Baylor a 42 nothing win 
over Chattanooga Christian. Here's the deal. Mondo Ellison didn't play for CCS, and if he's not out there, they just don't have an offense right now. They are not mm-hmm. – all of the pieces that CCS needs are not in place, and the big piece is Mondo Ellison, and if he's not there, they just struggle. I was on the CCS bandwagon. I had doubts whether they could perform against Baylor. I believe the hype. I was reckless, Chris. Uh, but like you, like you said, you're still uh, young, we, Chandler. It's okay. You can live dangerous <laughs> at your age. But like you said, you have some, you have some pieces that are not there. I think this answers a couple of questions. I don't think this answers all the questions in regards to what is CCS because they still got to play Notre Dame. Like I said, they had three challenges this year. Really, just three challenges. It's, you know, you've got uh, McCauley, who you've already played, Baylor, who you've already played, and now you've got Notre Dame. And Notre Dame is really the one that you got to worry about because they stand between you and getting that, you know, getting deep into the playoffs, pretty much. Uh, so, but right now, Notre Dame, to me, is the favorite. CCS gets those pieces back. They, they start rolling again. I think that will be a great game to watch, and that one could decide who is the, who comes up in the East for the state championship. I can't make up my mind on Baylor. I can't decide how good they are. They've won two straight. They're three and three now. They beat Notre Dame. That's the the best win that Baylor has is that victory over Notre Dame back in week one, and they end up losing by three to Innsworth. I, I can't put my finger on what I think about them right now, Chandler. Yeah, I think they're too up and down. I think it's a little bit of a roller coaster season. You know, I... I still think that McCauley's the best team in the area, and I, I do. Uh, spoiler alert, but and I think that that shouldn't be a spoiler alert. But uh, that Baylor McCauley matchup is always intriguing because it's got the pageantry, it's got all that. But it's looking a little bit more interesting because if Baylor decides they want to show up, you get you get into the heat of that rivalry. Crazy things can happen, Chris. So that's a look back at our uh, games from Friday night. Now it's time to get to our rankings. We do a top five of the large schools, which is 4A, 5A, 6A, and all of uh, Division Two. We also do a small school ranking, which is 1A, 2A, and 3A. Chandler, let's start first with the large schools. Do it in reverse order. Start at number five. We know who number one is. Start at number five and count us down. You know, I've still got Soddy Daisy in at number five. Um, I think they were just really impressive against Knox Catholic and then against Uwa. Um, and, you know, I, you know I, hate, I hate college football when we have a two and a three or a one and two, and one of them gets beat and they knock them down to eight, nine, ten. You know, I mean, especially if it's a close game. That was a close game. That's about as close as you're going to get. I think Soddy can compete with anybody. You know, I can compete with everybody. I've got them at number five. Um Number four, I've got Notre Dame. I just think they're still impressive. Um, you know, I think they're they're still building on that CCS matchup. Is going to tell us a lot here in a few weeks, but I think they're pretty impressive still. Bradley Central impressive off the Ray County win. They they've proven to me that they deserve number three, but you know they did lose Uwa, so that's who I've got at number two. Uh, Uwa is just impressive, and I think they have a chance to, if anybody does, to beat Maribel in that region. And then of course you got to go with the Tornadoes at number one. I don't know any other team that can beat them right now in the Chattanooga area. Chandler, I'm going to give you the teams that didn't make it in for me. Uh, One is Ray County. Uh, Three and two, they've lost to Bradley. They've lost to McMinn County. I I just couldn't quite. They were one of those teams that's on the cusp for me. I couldn't put them in. Same thing with Soddy Daisy. Three and two, they lost to Ottawa. They lost to Lenore City. 
couldn't put Saudi back in the top five. CCS, a four and two start. Yes, those two losses are to McCauley and Baylor. I've probably got CCS right now at number six. If I had to, um, if I had a number six, it would probably be them. Mm. At number five, I'm going Bradley Central. Those two losses to Farragut and Ottawa, there's no shame in those two losses. Same way I feel about my number four team. That's McMinn County. They're also three and two, but look who they've lost to. They lost to Farragut and Maryville. No shame in losing to Farragut and Maryville. So that's my newcomer this week, McMinn County in at number four. How about those Cherokees? Number three, <laughs> the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. At number two, the Owls from Ottawa. And at number one, same as you, Chandler, it's still the Macaulay Blue Tornado in at number one. Let's move on. Any thoughts on that? Do, do you think that there's anybody this season that could beat Macaulay? Do you think we'll go in one week and we'll look up and we'll say, well, Macaulay's not the number one team this year, Chris, this week, Chris? Mm. I don't know. Wouldn't you like to see Macaulay and Ottawa? That would be a fantastic matchup. I would. Well, I'd, I'd pay money I mean, to watch that. Because here's the, here's the way I feel about it. I think that's the only team in the area that could legitimately compete with Macaulay. I think otherwise, I think Macaulay's just, you know, offensively, man, they're they're loaded with a lot of really good skill guys. Yeah, I think they match up really, really well. I, I kind of wish we had that uh, had the ability to schedule in season crit sometimes because high school football, you never know what you're going to get. And that would be great to have some of these teams in the top five be able to play each other. I don't know about you, but we got to work on that, Chris. I, we should have our own little, um, I don't know, maybe we could do it like on a Saturday in a Walmart parking lot somewhere and you know, just invite both teams and see who shows up. And, uh, you know, you can sell popcorn and, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll sell Coca-Colas or something and we'll figure out some way to make a dollar at it for somebody. But um, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'd, I'd love to see some of these teams match up. Let's go to the small schools now, Chandler, and, and I'll give you mine. We'll go in reverse order. I'm going to start down at the bottom of the list at number five and number four. I've got Whitwell in South Pittsburgh. I've bounced these two teams back and forth uh, every single week. I've got Whitwell at five, South Pittsburgh at four. It could change depending on how I feel when I stand up in a minute. I think the game, October 12th, will be an absolute war when those two get together. It will happen, yeah. and I think it may be the biggest crowd for a high school football game that the Sequatchie Valley has ever seen. Red Bank at number three, Tyner number two, Meg's number one. I mean, this has been my guys here with the small schools pretty much, and I do truly feel like it's those five, and I think once you get past those five, I think there's a pretty significant drop-off. But Meigs County 1, Tyner 2, Red Bank 3, South Pitt 4, and Whitwell 5. And, again, you might as well put South Pittsburgh and, and Whitwell at, at 4 and, you know, 4A and 4B as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I got I, I feel the same way there, Chris. I've got Whitwell number 5, South Pittsburgh number 4. I, I really wanted to move South Pittsburgh up. After the the Livscomb game, I, I felt like they they really came up and and, and Livscomb is down this year, but they are still a really really good team and they play a lot of great opponents. Uh, and for them to go up there to their homecoming and beat them seven zero, that was an absolute slugfest. Uh, I really wanted to move them up, but I just couldn't 
I just couldn't move them up. I just thought three teams in front of them were, were better teams. Because I've got Whitwell at five, I've got South Pittsburgh at four, and i got Red Bank at three. So we're saying through three. The only difference I have is I've got Tyner at one, Meigs County at two. And the only reason I do is I, I just keep looking at Meigs County schedule, and I just I, – I just You I feel like Tyner's a more proven team right now, don't you? I do. It, yeah. not, it has nothing look, to do with what I think they've played. A, I think they have played a more difficult schedule to this point than what Meigs yeah. County has. I don't even think that's arguable. Yeah, and I, I think that Meigs County has been really, really impressive this year. They have not scored less than thirty-five points in a single game. You know, we talk a lot of times. You know, when you talk about maybe some of the, you know, the lower tier teams, you know, in college football or something like that, they got to beat those people in their conference. In those lower tier conferences, they've got to beat them and thump them into the ground. And Meigs County has done that here. When they not had competition, they've shown you that they're not competition. They just dump them into the ground. You got to respect that. But I just think Tyner Academy right now is is just more proven, and I think they're more battle tested. And sometimes that's 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 worth more than any points you put on the board. And they're going to use eight running backs, and they're going to ram it right down your throat because <laughs> that's the way they play. Let's move on. Let's do our highlight, low light, and fail from the weekend. This is where we give you a couple of highlights. I've got a couple this week. I couldn't, I'll be honest, I'm wimping out, Chandler. I am absolutely wimping out. <laughs> I couldn't give you just one, so I got a couple of them, of my highlights, because I think there are too many positives in high school football this week for me not to hit uh, some of the highlights. The first one is, and you might as well put everybody else on notice, Calvin Jackson is healthy at Red Bank. And an already really good Red Bank team just got even better. Everybody else on the schedule needs to take note because Red Bank's not going away now. I mean, this guy, he's legitimate, and uh, he makes them even better. Also, another highlight from the week, Signal Mountain. How about those Eagles? After an 0-4 start, Signal Mountains won two straight. Got another one for you. Two in a row for Sale Creek. They beat Pickett County 29-14. to Marion County with a come-from-behind win over Coalfield on homecoming in Jasper. And Marion County comes up with a big win. And my final highlight of the, uh, of the Friday night was the Grace Golden Eagles. For the first time ever, they beat Boyd Buchanan. 35 nothing, their first ever win over the Buccaneers of BBS. And Grays, they're not in the same they're not in the same division right now, but I know they used to be when they were both public schools, am I correct? Chris? Yeah. Yes. Okay. That is correct. So yeah, that yeah, is they, great for them. They've been bitter rivals there. Them, Boyd Buchanan, Grace, Silverdale, the three of them. They Boyd Buchanan's the older program. The other two kind of came along some years later. Boyd Buchanan's been a little more established, so for Grace to be able to get the win over them, that was absolutely huge. What about you, Chandler? What's your highlight? Well, uh, you named every highlight I could have ever thought of, Chris, so um, I'm going to have to name one of yours again. Uh, I just thought the Marion County win uh, over Coalfield. You know, last week, they're not ranked this week, but last week, Coalfield was ranked number eight in, in 1A. And I think that Coalfield walked in there thinking, this is Marion County. They're down. We've seen what they're doing. And they walked in there thinking, all right, okay, we're going to walk in here, have a win, and walk out. 
Uh, and Marion County said, no, uh, we're going to grab the win right here and there. It's, it's good for that program. That's only their, that's only their second win of the season, Chris. I, I, I'm surprised. I know that they're, they're down this year, but I looked over that. I was like, surely it's not their second win of the season. I went and looked at the schedule that it was. And I, I just got to say that that's great for them and great for them to get that win over, you know, the upset win over Coalfield. My low light of the weekend. Chattanooga Christian's offense without Mondo Ellison. <laughs> they got to have him. I mean, it's as simple as that. You take – that guy's a difference maker. And when you can put a difference maker like that on the field, it changes the dynamics of everything that you do offensively. It also changes how teams have to defend you. And without Mondo Ellison, they're just not the same at CCS. Chris, I had a hard time finding a low line. It's too many good really games. Were, there were too many good yeah, games this weekend. Yeah, uh, you know, because, you know, the low lot for me is probably seeing that, that Polk County Whipple score because it's closer than it was. And I thought Polk County, not that I wanted to see them, you know, not that I wanted to see the upset or something like that, but I thought Polk County would come in there and it would be maybe a tight ball game for the first time this season for Whipple. Um, so, I, I, that's kind of my low line. I thought that I, my expectations in that game, and some of the other games this week, my expectations for that game were a little bit different than, than they came into. So that's my low line for the week. My fail from Friday night, Tyner at East Hamilton, those offenses combined for nine freaking points. I'm not praising kickers anymore. I did it earlier. We did it a couple of weeks ago. I'm over the kickers. <laughs> Guys, figure out a way to get it in the end zone. I had the same thing for myself, Chris. I, I combined nine points. Nine points. Nobody touched the end zone. Get it together. <laughs> Those offenses are great. Why can you not get in the end zone? My Lord. Uh, but, yeah, that's my fail for the week. That is a look at our highlight, low light, and fail here on SETN Preps Podcast. Real quick, Chandler, we're coming back later in the week, week seven, Mm, not as good, maybe, as week six was, but week seven, not bad. You've got McMinn County, Bradley Central. I think that's a good one. You've got Silverdale against CAK, which is a pretty good D2 uh, game coming up. You've got Signal Mountain against Brainerd. Signal going for three wins in a row. Brentwood Academy at Baylor. Maybe we get some questions answered on just how good Baylor is. East Hamilton at Hickson. Will Hickson ever win a game? And Lookout Valley at Sail Creek in a game that should determine third place uh, in the uh, 1A region locally. So we got some pretty good ones. Maybe not the depth of which that we had last week, but still, there's some pretty good games coming up in Week 7. Yeah, I can't wait to preview them later this week and uh, tell you who we think is going to win. We will do that later on in the week. Until then, check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Preps. You can also find us on iTunes. Uh, just do the search, the SETN Preps. You'll find it. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. You'll get it right on your phone every single time. Thanks to you for being with us this week. Thanks for hanging out. He's Chandler Morrison. I'm Chris Goforth. We will talk to you later in the week when we talk week seven of high school football in southeast Tennessee.